0: Good morning and welcome to the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily number 76. It is Friday, March 6, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and where do I start? This podcast is brought to you by Nwaj Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J tech.com all right good morning in case you didn't notice there's about a week in between the last episode and this episode uh was unavailable out of town and thus didn't record so there's lots of news to share but the crazy part is i didn't realize that all the news i was going to be sharing today i figured it'd be a week's worth of news and it turns out it's only a day or two worth of news it's the last 48 hours this is all reported except for one item that i'll get to in a moment If you are listening to this, please um, feel free to share, comment, like, subscribe, whatever um, to show some appreciation, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher or anywhere else that you might be listening to this. And if you are in a HIPAA compliant business, whether that's a a, um, business associate or a um, covered entity, please join our Facebook group. It's Get HIPAA Compliance. So just go to Facebook and search Get HIPAA Compliance and I will let you join the group. Um, so first up in the news, threat post critical Netgear bug impacts flagship Nighthawk router. So dozens of routers are patched by Netgear. Netgear as it snuffs out critical, high, and medium severity flaws. Netgear is warning users of a critical remote code execution bug that could allow an unauthenticated attacker to take control of its wireless AC router, Nighthawk R7800 hardware running firmware versions prior to 1.0.2.68. The warnings posted Tuesday also include two high severity bugs impact, impacting Nighthawk routers, 21 medium severity flaws, and N1 really rated low. Critical vulnerability tracked by Netgear as PSV 2019-0076 affects the company's consumer Nighthawk X4S smart Wi-Fi router R7800, first introduced in 2016 and still available today. Netgear is short on details, tied to the vulnerability, only urging customers to visit its online support page to download a patch for the bug. Alright, so if you have the Netgear Nighthawk R7800, you're going to need to patch immediately. Um, Let's Encrypt, you probably heard this already, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So if you use Let's Encrypt SSL, t- or technically TLS certificates, there was a deadline for over 3 million users. Um about it for a bug that that's in the certificate um so i'll just go through the article this one is on threat post but it's pretty much posted everywhere at this point so let's encrypt pushes back deadline to revoke some tls certificates while 1.7 million of the certificates potentially affected by a caa bug have already been replaced around one million are still active let's encrypt said it will give users of its tls certificates more time to replace one million certificates that are still active and potentially affected by a certificate Authority authorization bug before it revokes them. So there was almost three million. They've pat- they've um, fixed 1.7 million, or they've taken them offline, and there's still one million out there. Um, so if you have not been impacted by this, you may have a little bit of time, or you may not be. Um, may not be affected by this at all the popular free certificate authority had given users until wednesday march 4th at 9 p.m eastern to replace three million certificates because the bug in its boulder software discovered and patched this past sunday impacted the way its software checked domain ownership before issuing certificates however users grumbled that this was not enough time to correct the problem um i use let's encrypt on almost every website that i manage and uh didn't see any of them go offline so Um, Some of them are self-hosted some of them are not so we'll see what happens And threat post high severity Cisco WebEx flaws fixed so the high severity flaws existed in WebEx player and WebEx network Recording player can allow arbitrary code Execution Cisco systems has patched two high severity vulnerabilities in its popular WebEx video conferencing platform Which if exploited could allow an attacker to execute code on affected systems Two multimedia players tied to the WebEx platform? are impacted. First is the Cisco WebEx network recording player used to play back advanced recording format, RAF ARF sorry, files on the Windows operating system. ARF files contain data from a recorded online meeting such as video data and list of attendees. Cisco Webex player is also affected, which used to play which is used to play back WebEx recording format, WRF files on the Windows operating system. WRF files contain audio and video recordings typically used for demonstrations, training, and conferencing. Vulnerabilities are tracked as CVE 2020-3127 and 3128. Are both 7.8 out of 10 on the CVSS scale, making them high severity. They stem from an insufficient validation of non-detailed certain elements within a WebEx recording that are stored in either ARF or WRF and said Cisco. So, you'll you'll um, need to upgrade those if you use those in your environment um, hackers compromise T-mobile employee email accounts and steal user data so this is not the same as the previous two I reported this is a third one uh, reported yesterday if you are a T-mobile customer this news may concern you us-based telecom giant T-mobile has suffered yet another data breach incident that recently exposed personal and, and accounts information of its of both its employees and customers to unknown hackers. What happened in a breach notification posted on its website? T-Mobile said its cybersecurity team recently discovered a sophisticated cyber, a sophisticated against email accounts, a sophisticated cyber attack against the email accounts of some of its employees that resulted in unauthorized access to the sensitive information contained in it, including details for its customers and other employees. Uh, although the telecom company did not disclose how the breach happened when it happened and exactly how many employees and users were affected, it did confirm that the leaked information on its users doesn't contain financial information like credit card and social security numbers, so at least there's that. What information was access, accessed, so names, phone numbers, account numbers, rate plans, and features, and billing information. Now, that would seem to be enough to potentially do further damage through, f- through spear phishing, um, so we'll see what happens from that. Um, that was on the Hacker News. Also on the Hacker News, a massive, and this is being reported everywhere too, so a massive U.S. property and demographic database exposes 200 million records. Uh, information that was exposed market value, property type, mortgage amount, rate type, and lender, refinance amount, rate type, and lender, previous owners, year built, number of beds and bathrooms, tax assessment information. This was discovered by security firm Comparatech. This was on a Google Cloud um, database. And uh, was reported to Google Cloud. They they did not respond to it. Um, it was unclear who owned the database, and st- I think I believe I believe it's still unclear who owns the database. Um, there were 2 201,162,598 records in the database. That database was available to the public for over a month. It is now unavailable. It was taken down uh this is going to lead to spear phishing attacks for sure so if somebody calls about your home don't uh don't provide any information S- uh, we have a couple of alerts from cisco we, so we have cisco releases security updates cisco has released security updates to address vulnerabilities affecting multiple products um a remote attacker could exploit some of these of course we we know all that the generic um uh, press release. And the updates are for Intelligent Proximity, SSL, Certificate Validation Vulnerability, Prime Network Registrar, Cross-Site Request Forgery Vulnerability, and the WebEx Network Recording Player we just talked about. Um, So if you are using any of those items, there are patches available. Make sure you address that as soon as you can. Also from CISA Point-to-Point Protocol, Daemon Vulnerability, the Cert... Coordination Center cert slash CC has released information on a vulnerability affecting point-to-point protocol domain versions 2.4 point 2 and through 2.4 point 8 a Remote attacker can explain this vulnerability to take control of an affected system uh, Point-to-point protocol daemon is used to establish internet links such as those over dial up modems DSL connections and virtual private networks so if you're using those um, I don't see where there is a patch. Okay, yeah, there are nece- there are patches available for this. So, <coughs> get those applied. And then there is another update for Google Chrome. You should be on 80.0.3987.132. It is to address some security updates. So, if you're using Google Chrome, which most of us are, get those applied. Get that update applied. Bleeping Computer. Microsoft releases March 2020 Office Updates with Fixes and Improvements. So, if you're using Microsoft Office, there are updates available for Office 2016. And if you use Skype for Business 2015, there's an update for that as well. Also on Bleeping Computer, Ryuk ransomware attacked Epic Global via TrickBot infection. Legal services and e-discovery giant Epic Global took their systems offline on Saturday after Ryuk ransomware was deployed and began encrypting devices on their network. On March 2nd, legal reporter Bob and Brogy broke the news that Epic had globally taken the systems offline after detecting a cyber attack. This outage affected their e-discovery platforms, which made it impossible for legal clients to access documents needed for the court cases and client deadlines. Um, <clears throat> so if you are a law firm using Epic and you saw some interruption and you're not aware of why, then this is why. Um so, in December of 2019, a computer on Epic's network became infected with TrickBot malware. TrickBot is most commonly installed by the Emotet Trojan, which is spread through phishing emails. Now, I did read somewhere, and I don't see it here, but I did read somewhere that um, I think it was Epic that was using outdated versions of Windows, prime almost exclusively in their environment. Um, so, that's not good news if they are. So, um, not, not good. Carnival Cruise Bleeping Computer Carnival Cruise Line Operator discloses potential data breach. The world's largest cruise ship operator, Carnival Corporation and PLC, announced a potential data breach affecting some of its customers after hackers accessed employee email accounts. More phishing. Carnival Corporation is in- included in both the S&P 500 and FTSE 100 indices in its own nine cruise line brands and a travel tour company. According to the company's corporate website, Carnival Corporation employs over 120,000 people worldwide, and its 10 cruise line brands attract nearly 11.5 million guests annually, which is about 50% of the global cruise market. That being said, I'm sure that that those numbers are going to decrease this year for several reasons, one of them being this attack. Combining more than 225,000 daily cruise guests and 100,000 shipboard employees, more than 325,000 people are sailing around Carnival Corporation fleet every single day, totaling about 85 million passenger cruises, cruise days a year. Um, network intrusion leading to email compromise. In late May 2019, we identified suspicious activity on our network, a notification letter sent to Carnival. Corporation customers and file with the Office of California Attorney General says. Upon identifying this potential security issue, we engaged cybersecurity forensic experts and initiated an investigation to determine what happened, what data was affected, and who was impacted. It now appears that between April 11th and July 23rd of last year and an unsanctioned third party gained unauthorized access to some employee email accounts that contain personal information regarding our guests. Carnival Corporation adds that depending on the guests, the hackers might have access to uh, customers' names, addresses, social security numbers, government identification numbers such as passport number or driver's license number, credit card and financial account information and health-related information. Now, I don't know if that... If if that information was encrypted, it sh- certainly should have been encrypted. Um, if it was not, that is not going to bode well for Carnival Corporation. Bleeping Computer reports J. Crew disables use user accounts after credential stuffing attack. We've talked about credential stuffing before. Um... U- U.S. clothing retailer J. Crew announced that it was a victim of a credential stuffing attack around April 2019 that led to some of its customer accounts and information being accessed by hackers. Credential stuffing is a type of attack where hackers use large collections of username, password combinations bought from underground markets and leaked after previous security breaches and use them to gain access to other user accounts on on other online platforms. The rate of success of such attacks is highly dependent on the common practice of users using the same email and password for multiple online accounts, which we've talked about before as well. Their end goal is to log into as many accounts as possible onto the targeted system and take over the identities of the account owner, steal money, or gather information. Um, Some accounts were disabled after almost one year J.Crew Crew is a retailer of apparel shoes and accessories that operates 182 J. Crew retail stores, 140 Madewell stores, 170 factory stores, and jcrew.com, jcrewfactory.com, and madewell.com sites as of March 2nd, 2020. In a notice of data breach sent to affected customers, J. Crew says that it discovered through routine and proactive web scanning that an unauthorized party was able to log into the jcrew.com. Accounts using their email addresses and passwords in or around April of 2019. So they were successful in getting in some accounts. Um, <clears throat> so if you have a J Crew account, make sure you're not using the same username and password that you're using everywhere else. Change it immediately. Even if you even if you're not using the same one, I would still change the password. Uh, Bleeping computer ransomware attackers use your cloud backups against you. I thought this was interesting, and it's pretty much the only reason I'm sharing it, but backups are one of the most, if not the most important defense against ransomware, but if not configured properly, attackers will use it against you. Recently, the Doppelpaymer ransomware operators published on their leak site the admin usernames and password for non-paying victims VM backup software. This was not meant to expose the information to others for further attacks, but was used to, as a warning to the victim that the ransomware operators had full access to the network, including the backups. So it's a, sort of an extension of using the stolen data against you to, to, to make you pay up. They're now using your credentials for your backups to make you, to not really make you pay up, I guess, to show that they're serious about it. Now, of course, I haven't recorded in over a week, so there have been some HIPAA breaches in that time. I'm not going to report everything. I'm going to report um, the most recent notifications. There's six of them. We have Harris Health System notifies patients about potential privacy breach. Houston, Texas-based Harris Health System has notified 2,298 patients that some of the protected health information has been exposed. On December 30th, two, two envelopes were sent to Ben Hobb Hospital to be scanned and archived in the Harris Health Electronic Medical Record System, but the envelopes were lost in transit. The envelopes contain 143 sheets, which were are believed to include data from patients who visited Gulfgate Health Center for M- medical services between December 9th and December 27th. The sheets contain information such as names, dates of birth, addresses, telephone numbers, test results, diagnosis, health insurance information, medical information, provider information, and Social Security numbers. Since it's not possible to determine which patients were affected. The decision was taken to notify all patients who potentially had their PHI exposed. Here's Health System's Chief Compliance and Risk Officer, Carolyn R. Jones, believes the envelopes contain the PHI of approximately 25 patients. The employees tasked with transporting the information have been sanctioned, and policies and procedures for transporting patient data have been reviewed and revised to prevent similar incidents in the future. All individuals potentially affected have been offered complimentary membership to co- credit monitoring services for one year. Um... So I guess it was internal employees, but they really should be using a courier and there should be, of course, a business associate agreement in place for that. But Kaiser Permanente alerts patients about mailing error, another mailing error. So Kaiser Permanente has discovered letters have accidentally been mailed to patients, former addresses. Kaiser Permanente had embarked on a project to improve mailing addresses for correspondence with members in Southern California. An error was identified on November 1st that caused the letters to be sent to incorrect addresses. An investigation revealed the errors, error was introduced on October 6th. Addresses were corrected on December 20th. The mailings sent during that period included referral letters, surveys, care reminders, appointment reminders, explanation of benefit statements. Those letters contained demographic information, details on medica- medications, diagnosis, billing information, and health insurance information. No Social Security numbers or financial information was exposed. Um, (coughs) The OCR portal does say up to 500 patients may have been affected. Backup drive containing EPHI stolen from Elk Ridge Dentistry. I guess this is a case for not using a USB or yes, a portable hard drive. So that that's a case for not to use that. So the SDS Park, Colorado dentist practice, Elk Ridge Dentistry, has discovered a portable. Hard drive used to store backups was stolen from the practice. The hard drive was among several items taken from the practice. The incident was reported to law enforcement, but the hard drive has not been recovered. So they reported it, which means the drive was also not encrypted. Um, This impacts 2,793 patients, includes names, addresses, date of birth, healthcare information, x-ray images, and a limited number of social security numbers. Uh, treatment, consent forms, referral letters, and emails were also backed up on the device. Not, not good. This should have been encrypted and you shouldn't really be using a, an external hard drive for the, I mean, that's If you're using it, it should only be as a secondary mode of backup or, or tertiary mode of backup and it should be encrypted. PHI potentially com- compromised in break-in at Armada Physical Therapy. Armada Physical Therapy experienced a break-in around December 19th at its Monol Clinic at Monol Boulevard in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and a server was stolen. Wow. The theft was reported to law enforcement. An investigation is ongoing, but the stolen server has not been recovered. It is not possible to determine the exact information stored on in the server, but is known to contain intake forms of patients who received treatment prior to December 4th, 2017. Patients who received treatment after that they had their information stored in a different location. Intake forms contain names, addresses, telephone numbers, email addresses, e- insurance numbers, social security numbers. Armada Physical Therapy does not believe financial information was stolen on the stolen servers. It was not possible to determine exactly how many patients are affected by the breach. The breach report submitted to HHS indicates up to 500 patients may have been infected. Um, again, no encryption. Mailing vendor error discovered by Riverview Health. An error at a printing and emailing vendor used by Noblesville, Indiana based healthcare provider Riverview Health has resulted in the exposure of names of 2,610 patients. The mailing vendor was instructed to send patient notification letters advising them about a potential change to two primary care providers, but an error resulted in letters being sent to incorrect addresses on January 6, 2020. Riverview learned of the error on January 14, 2020. The letters identified individuals. As patients of one of the two Riverview Health primary care providers, no other information was compromised. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there was a business associate agreement in place there. Mental health records found abandoned in Chicago street. Jesus, physical medical records from the community health community mental health council have been found abandoned in an alley in West Inglewood, Chicago. The community health community mental health council permanently closed its clinics after funding was lost in 2012 hundreds of former patients have been have had their sensitive data exposed the documents included the names, addresses social security numbers, diagnosis information medical records and other sensitive information they were found strewn across an alley off Hermitage Avenue by a local residence when she took out her trash city officials were contacted and the records have now been collected and secured but I mean they closed in 2012 I mean who knows how long those records were out there I don't know what the OCR can do about that but um we have six breaches, none of them with phishing or ransomware. So think about that for a minute, where it's not just about phishing or ransomware. There's other things you have to look out for. And no one of these was a dentist. So, um, And then we do have our first enforcement of 2020. It was for $100,000. The Department of Health and Human Services, OCR, has announced its first HIPAA penalty of 2020, the practice of Stephen A. Porter. MD has agreed to pay a financial penalty of $100,000 to resolve potential violations of the HIPAA security rule and will adopt a corrective action plan to address all areas of noncompliance discovered during the compliance investigation. Dr. Porter's practice in Ogden, Utah, provides gastroenterological services to more than 3,000 patients. OCR launched an investigation following a report of a data breach in November 13th of 2013, so more than six years ago. The breach concerned a business associate of Dr. Porter's electronic medical record company, which was allegedly impermissibly using patients' electronic medical records by blocking the practice's access to EPHI until Dr. Porter paid the company $50,000. Wow. So now you have to pay $100,000 on top of that. The breach investigation uncovered, a fi- uncovered serious violations of the HIPAA security rule at the practice, At the time of the audit, Dr. Porter had never conducted a risk analysis to identify risks to the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of EPHI. In violation of 45 CFR 164.308A1I, the practice had not reduced risks to a reasonable and appropriate level and had not implemented policies and procedures to prevent, detect, contain, and correct security violations. Since at least 2013, the practice had allowed Dr. Porter's EHR company to recreate, receive, maintain, or transmit EPHI on behalf of the practice without first receiving satisfactory assurances that the company would implement safeguards to ensure the confidentiality, integrity, availability of EPHI in violation of 45 CFR 164.308B. Throughout the course of the investigation, OCR provided significant technical assistance, yet a risk analysis was not conducted after the breach and appropriate security measures were not implemented to reduce risk to a reasonable and appropriate level. The financial penalty shows that the healthcare providers of all sizes must take their responsibilities under HIPAA seriously. The failure to implement basic HIPAA requirements requirements such as accurate and thorough risk analysis and risk assessment plan continues to be an un- unacceptable and disturbing trend within the healthcare industry, said OCR director Roger Severino. So if that's not a warning, I don't know what is. Uh, could, even the smaller practices need to get it together. A um, hundred thousand dollars to a smaller practice is a significant amount of money, and um, I don't. You know, if the if OCR comes in and says you're not doing this, this, and this, get it done. You better get it done. Um, that this is negligence. This is clear as day negligence. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until Monday, stay secure.